Hey, this is Ian Reed Twist, the pastor at Holy Cross Episcopal Church in Novi, and today's podcast episode was the sermon I preached on Pentecost, the day that uh, the church was born, as we like to say, and the reading for that day is Acts 2, verses 1 through 21. So we'll read that first and then get on to the sermon. Thanks for listening. A reading from Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and smoky mist, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today we begin on the campus of UC San Diego, not many years ago. Professor Diana Deutsch, who studies how humans hear and process sound, is in a sound lab putting together a CD full of audio demonstrations of her research. She's cleaning up a recording of her own voice, introducing the CD, in which she says that the sounds the listener will hear sometimes behave so strangely as to seem quite impossible. She leaves that phrase, sometimes behave so strangely, on a tape loop and steps out of the room for a break. And while she's in the kitchen, sipping her tea, she hears singing coming from the lab. 
It goes like this. <laughs> Who on earth is singing in there? Perplexed, she steps back into the lab only to realize that the sound is her own spoken voice going, sometimes behaves so strangely with that one phrase isolated and looped over and over again, she can suddenly hear the music that is actually in her speech all the time. Now, when I first heard this story on one of my favorite podcasts, Radiolab, I thought, what a metaphor for how God hears us. I mean, we might say, to a loved one we haven't talked to in a long time, oh, your voice is music to my ears. But for God, it's like that all the time with each one of us. Every comment, every aside, every stupid joke and droning speech and desperate cry rising from the homes and marketplaces and office buildings and huts and fields and hospitals of the world the babble of our speech so unintelligible to one another in all its cultural variety, so unremarkable in its dailiness, converges like some intricate chorale in the ears of the one who is love. Jesus heard that music too in the voices he should least have acknowledged in the challenge of the Syrophoenician woman that even Gentiles deserve grace, in the supplication of the Roman centurion that his dying daughter might be saved, in the, in the dinner invitations of tax collectors and the wise sayings of scribes. If Jesus could hear music even in the least of these, what would it take for us to hear that same music in our own voices, and in those voices we might feel most inclined to disregard? What would it take for us to embrace how beautiful we really are in the experience of God? What habitual negativity, what encrusted defensiveness, what armor would we have to release in order to open ourselves to the melody of ourselves? and to the melody of one another. That's our first task. That's the first task of the church, to listen to ourselves and to others as God listens to us, to awaken to the extraordinary gift of each voice in God's great world. It might be so easy to miss I think of the voicemail a soldier at the height of the war in Afghanistan left for his parents. He said nothing profound. Hey, you two, thanks for the care package. I shared the cookies with the others, and they say to send more. It's really cold here at nights, but other than that, there's nothing much to report. Everything's going good. Talk to you soon. But it was the last message they ever got from him. So they kept it on their phone for years and eventually transferred it to CD, that precious slice of their son's ordinary speech. Music. 
There was a documentary I saw once many years ago in which a young woman, deaf from birth, gets hooked up to some kind of machine that enables her to hear. She sits at a table with the headphones over her ears and begins to vocalize into a microphone. Tentative sounds at first, then a whoop and a wavering howl, and then these strange guttural wails as she begins to cry at the wonder of it, the sound of her voice sobbing at its own beauty. To listen in that way, that is the first task of the church. And the second task of the church is like it. Having listened, having listened, to speak then, so that through our voices, others might hear the music of God's love for them. That's what the story of Pentecost the story of the birth of the church, which we celebrate today, is really about. On this day, the Holy Spirit comes from heaven like a rush of violent wind, filling the entire house and each disciple, resting as fiery tongues on them and bringing them the power to declare God's love through Christ so that it might be understood by all nations, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and all the rest of them that poor Bill had to struggle through. How do the disciples convey this good news in the native language of each? Well, what is any person's native language, really? Surely, this gift of the Holy Spirit has something to do with that. Somehow, it sings through them, breaking past linguistic and cultural barriers to reach the hearts of their listeners. Somehow the good news is offered, not in the content of dictums and doctrines or warnings and threats, but in this universal language, a music that hovers just beneath whatever it is they're actually saying. And what does this mean for us in the church today? Maybe it means that what we say is less important than who we are being when we say it. Maybe it means that the healing of the world that we proclaim with our words must be lived out, enacted, demonstrated with our actions and our attitudes. Maybe it means that we need to speak love to the world just like the mother with the deaf child in a YouTube video from years back. I don't know if you saw this one. This eight-month-old boy has just received cochlear implants. And as the doctor turns them on, he startles and stops sucking on his pacifier. Hi, Jonathan, his mother says. First voice he hears in his life. His head turns and his eyes lock onto hers. Could you hear that? Hi, sweetie. She smiles at him. She's cupping his downy head in her hand. The pacifier falls from his mouth as it spreads into a grin. And then he squeals. And God says to us, now you do it, Church of the Holy Cross. Go speak love. Go be music 
to someone's ears. Amen. Okay, well, thanks for listening to this week's message. And uh, you'll find more uh, wherever you found this one on your podcast site. And if you're interested in learning more about me or the church, you can go to our website, which is Holy Cross Novi, N O V I, and it's all one word, dot org. Okay, have a beautiful week. <laughs>